All right. I think in this podcast, there are four episodes built into one podcast episode. You are going to thoroughly love this one. Let's go. Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Sure hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. So really cool um, upcoming episode here for you. And what I'm going to do is usually in part of the intros and the outros and stuff like that, I, I like to give you a little bit of the behind the scenes, if you will. So so first of all, I'll just set this one up. This is a, another in-depth conversation with my business partner, Jason Mattern, out of, uh, with Triburn Real Estate out of Edmonton. And Jason and I covered a couple really cool topics here. Um, so, and I did a tease in the opening, is this truly could be four podcast episodes in and of itself. And what we did was we just recorded the whole conversation from, you know, start to finish. And um, I came prepared with a, um, you know, an agenda, which I always do. But I also came prepared on a couple standpoints. I came prepared on how we were going to do the recording also came prepared on how it was going to line up to quickly chop up into standalone episodes. So one of the things I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, A, uh, build out my podcast, which obviously you're listening to right now. So first of all, thank you very much. I am just honored and grateful for having the opportunity to share with you on on a literally on a weekly basis. And I'm just honored to be able to have a spot in your roster of important podcasts and, you know, you know, places that you listen to. So, so first of all, just thank you very much. The other thing I'm trying to do is I'm trying to build out um, a YouTube channel at the same time. And what I've been doing is I've been struggling with the YouTube channel a little bit. And all I've been doing is just kind of just posting the entire podcast recording online. You know, you see everybody doing it. It's the exact same thing everybody does is they, they set up a Zoom recording and the Zoom recording, and then what they just do is they have the great conversation. No, don't get me wrong. It's fantastic information. It's fantastic content. It's all amazing. But I don't know about you, but I have a hard time sitting through uh, an hour YouTube video of, or an hour, hour and a half of just two people t having a conversation. I have a hard time doing that while sitting at a computer uh, on YouTube. It's, it's, you know, What's the old saying is YouTube is attention deficit theater, right? Um, and I've also come to the conclusion that with YouTube is it's a lot more of, um, you know, people don't go to YouTube to potentially get like a masterclass and learn something in depth. They really don't. Like some, like some of you do and some of you maybe do, but, but most people don't. But what you do go to YouTube for is something for a little bit of a quicker one topic lesson that you're learning something quick now and just hear me out for a second and I'm just do this on my own example and I'm my own case study at the same time like if I have a problem and I want to type it in you know how to analyze cash flows right I typically go onto YouTube and I see uh you know uh, maybe type in how to analyze cash flow and I see 10 10 videos okay and the, what, what do you typically do when you look at the videos? First of all, you kind of look at the titles, you look at the thumbnails, you look at those kind of things. But one of the things you first look at, too, is how long is this going to be? Um, and most people probably won't pick the one that's going to be an hour long video, um, even though that was the one that you probably will learn the most. Most people are probably going to pick the, the, the shortest one because they just want the answer and they want it now and they want it quick. 
And it's something that actually came up um, with me as I just got thinking about this. And I'm always trying to evolve and always trying to do things a little bit better. I was on a couple Facebook groups and I was posting in some support and answers for people. Like I jump onto Facebook groups all the time to help support people on their journeys. And there's one person it was on um, how to build a portfolio without using your money. And I talked about those kind of things and lo and behold, it led to vendor financing, vendor take backs and all that kind of stuff. And I said, that's fantastic. I got a podcast episode and I got a YouTube video in-depth training on it. And, you know, so on there, I said, you might want to check out this video. And I posted a link to the YouTube video. Um, the person responded back and goes, yeah, I saw that. But holy moly, it's like two hours long. <laughs> I go, first of all, and I'm sitting there thinking to myself, I go, well, you know what? You know, to sit two hours and watch a two-hour video where a person just pours their heart and soul into teaching you everything you need to know about doing some vendor take-back. And they shared a case study of doing a $725,000 vendor take-back mortgage and how they raise the capital and how they do that. It, you know, two hours is not a long time to to, inve to invest. But then I got sit back and thinking about it is it's true. Like some people just want the answer, like really want the answer. So I've been trying to... so. I'm going to wrap up this opening here and get make a point. So what I've been trying to do is be a lot smarter in the content creation. For example, on this one is one of the first ones as an example that I did. The conversation I have with my business partner, Jason, um, I, I'm using a new piece of software that I can instantly change scenes. Like I literally can go from from two head talking to Jay talking to me talking to lower thirds to graphics to things come up and I can do those cuts on the fly. I literally with a push of a button on a on thing on my desk, I have like 10 different scenes set up and I just cut back and forth and cut back and forth. And the reason why I'm trying to do that is it saves me post editing time. If I do all those cuts in real time, things like that, all I have to do is maybe trim the back, trim the front, clean up the audio. And we have one entire long um, video and podcast that's ready to go. And that's what you're going to hear here is you're going to hear that one long form podcast. But I actually said, let's take it one step deeper. Let's get strategic on how we're going to um, attack this. So I came and I guess gave a little bit of pre-thought before we did. And I said, okay, Jay, here's the you know, four topics we're going to talk about. We're going to talk about, you're going to give me an Edmonton market update. You're going to, we're going to talk about the three pillars of real estate, what you buy, where you buy, and who you rent to. You're going to talk about the three biggest success factors and the three biggest variables. I call, we call it the big three, the big three expense variables that can make or break your financial performance of your property. And then we actually sprinkled in one more thing about the problem of people pro forma shopping versus actual real life financial statements. So in essence, we created out of this one thing, we created one podcast episode, which you're listening to. We created one long form video that's going up on YouTube that has all the cuts, that has all the the, 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 the lower thirds, which has all the graphics, which has instead of just a boring old uh, Zoom side-by-side -side thing, it has all those cuts already built in and there's no post-editing. And then at the same time, if I cl strategically clip out these, I have four, or sorry, I have three more YouTube videos that are all going to go on the YouTube channel and each of them is a standalone. Each of them can be standalone, plus they will also feed into the larger one. Okay, so that's a little bit of the behind the scenes about what I'm trying to accomplish. Now, if any of you have any desire to produce some content, 
pay attention to the way I'm doing this and pay attention to the way we're having this conversation. Okay, so that's just a little bit of the behind the scenes, guys. Um, like I mentioned, this one is a conversation with my good friend and business partner, Jason Mattern. We talk a bit about a market update, and we also give you some three killer, killer, killer teaching topics all at the same time. So I sure hope you enjoy this one, and let's get right after it. Talk to you the other end, everybody. All right, everybody. Welcome back. So welcome back to the show. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Jason Mattern. How are you doing here today, brother? Hey, Russ. Doing great. Thanks for having me once again. Hey, Jay. Hey, Jay. This is a three-peat. You're, you're, you're on the show a third time. And so, uh, you know, let's put it this way. It's by popular demand that people are requesting that you do come back. So so hope you're doing well. How are you doing well today, Jay? Are you doing all right? Yes, it's, uh, you know what, we're, we're experiencing some crazy weather in Edmonton, but you know what, as usual, Russ, the sun is shining, we got clear blue sky, and it sounds like cold weather's on its way, so all good. Well, it's 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 interesting, you know, I, I'm making it so formal, like, we haven't talked for a long time. <laughs> like, guys, Jason and I truly talk, if not every day, every second day. And I've often joked about, as I go, Jay, we're, we're all these wonderful conversations that we're having we're leaving all this amazing inspiration and wisdom and, and real estate knowledge. We're leaving it just between you and I. So that's why we actually have now formalized a weekly time that Jay and I will get on a recording like this. And we're just going to we're just going to put down some really just some fire and just put down some really good um, videos and podcast episodes. And we're just going to give you guys some inspiration and some knowledge. So are you down for that, Jay? Oh, Russ, that sounds great. I think the one constant we can all agree on is change, right? And, you know, the uh, real estate market and investment real estate has seemed to be a living, breathing thing over the the last 5, 10, 15 years. And, you know what, it's been probably more change in the last, uh, you know, 8, 9, 10 months here with COVID environment. And I think at the end of the day, as you alluded to, we just want to maybe bring people up to speed and maybe put a point of view on it that maybe someone hasn't thought about. And uh, it's just information, right? It's just information. Do with it what you will. And uh, you know what? I think uh, we're happy to share it, right? It's all yeah, good. Uh, absolutely. And, and you know, this is where it's actually going to start off with my first question is I saw a stat, and I think I saw it yesterday, that across Canada, now we're going to dive into Edmonton, but this is a, a Canadian stat that... The inventory of houses for sale is at its lowest it's been in 30 years. Um, is that statistic holding true in Edmonton right now? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I don't have the exact stats in front of me, Russ, but I mean, at the end of the day, the, we've seen record sales in Edmonton now since July. We've almost set consecutive records, July, August, September, October, and then again into December again. And this is just, you know... Uh, uh, something that we weren't prepared for, I guess, you know, looking back eight, 12 months or whenever the COVID back in March and looking at some of the economic reports that we were seeing at the time, you know, we were seeing forecasts really from CMHC, whether they were forecasting a price drop of eight, you know, uh, or nine to 18%. I can't remember the exact numbers, but, you know, quite frankly, the, the opposite has happened. We've seen, you know, uh, record home sales, which has led to, you know, price increase because it, it affects the old supply demand. Uh, situation and in Edmonton today, I can tell you there's the home buyers are still absorbing. Our absorption rate is still very strong, and uh, it even continued through the holidays, which was which was you know kind of weird because usually we you know we're able to take a couple weeks off and 
but you know we were still submitting offers and and getting offers on our listings throughout the holidays which is which is great news so um i think i guess to to answer that question i I, i'm careful because saying the canadian real estate market that's like saying what's the weather like in canada you know in edmonton is its own little marketplace i guess so uh you know things are looking very good here now just to build off that what i will say is where we're keeping our eye on things moving forward is probably coming into our spring market here now and just to see the amount of listings that pop up and see if the absorption rate is matching that you know if we get a lot of listings and the absorption rate is there and we're keeping you know balanced you know that's probably a pretty good indicator that we're getting into you know a balanced and maybe even potentially a seller's market in in due time if we get a lot of listings and you know we see the inventory levels remain high you know, it's probably going to be an indication that we're we're not quite there yet, right? But you know what? Uh, the good news with the real estate market, it's it is a living, breathing thing, but it's slow for us. We can, you know, I think read these signs if you know where to look, and and we as real estate investors can react to that accordingly, right? So I guess uh, if you can really kind of consider it as with what's happened with COVID, it's it's almost. I know you and I shot a video and probably about four years ago now about. Uh, the best time to sell your house when, you know, the, the spring market starts going. It's usually in February. The home shows are coming on. The first warm Chinook comes through, all that kind of stuff. Is that going to hold true, do you think, this year? Or is it just all bets are off, really, of what's going on in Edmonton? Well, I think, I guess, both to answer that. Mm-hmm. You know, when I say it's holding true, it's held true right through, you know, since July, August. It's just the throttle hasn't... Uh, you know, we had a maybe just a couple days over the holidays where it slowed off for a bit and the phone quit ringing. And I think really with just people being at home with COVID and, and everything else, and, you know, they, they are inquiring and, and looking at these things that maybe when we're busy in our normal environment, we don't normally look at, right? But I think the spring market every year, uh, I think it's it's happening earlier this year. I think we're, we're, we're already off to an amazing start, uh, you know, and there's just, Right now, there's no indication that it's going to let off with the low interest rates and and everything else happening, right? Yeah. So, and Jay, you you've also, um, you know, I do have a couple questions here. So, so guys, just as an FYI, as a course of action, there could be three episodes that are going to come out of this one as well. Um, I have three big giant topics. One is going to be an Edmonton market update, and then also a couple really core training um, concepts that Jason is famous for that he actually taught me and I'm going to be sharing this information with you guys. So, okay. So Jay, um, so still staying on the theme about what's going on in Edmonton. Um, and this is one of the conversations that we've, you and I have had. Are you seeing uh, an influx of international money coming into the Edmonton real estate marketplace right now? Well, I, I don't know if the word is influx. We're certainly seeing interest and appetite, and we're seeing international investors uh, from the other side of the world. When we say international, uh, you know, coming and investing in Edmonton real estate, and uh, y- you know, I'll use the term aggressively. And uh, y- you know, we've got people, you know, even at a at a national level, you know, a lot of people from Ontario, a lot of people from Vancouver. I think. The cash flow situation in Edmonton is very attractive. We're getting great cash flow. Our purchase price is uh, relatively low compared to the national average, if not really on the low end of the scale. Uh, you know, and uh, you know the rental market is very strong here, and I think it's just continuing to get stronger. We're really seeing it at a personal level. I say with some of our rental increases, or sorry, rental uh, turnovers that we're having. 
we're actually being able to implement rental increases. So, you know, the, the purchase prices have, you know, quivered a little bit, you know, uh, you know, the rents have gone up. The interest rates are super low, as we all uh, know that fact. So it's just led really to increased cash flow. And I think that's the driving factor, uh, you know, in international investors. Uh, it's been a while since I've seen that, Russ. I mean, we've seen it back in 2006 and seven, where people were, you know, interested in Edmonton real estate, you know, and, uh, you know, but we're, we're seeing, you know, people, you know, aggressively coming in and, and buying waves now. And uh, I'm just not quite sure what to think of that. I mean, I think overall for your marketability and, and, and selling real estate, it's a good thing. But where's that going, I guess, long term, you know? Yeah. So, and Jay, as somebody who has exclusive homes for sale, uh, and there's lots of inquiring from with from capital from all over the world, I guess, how do you think about that? You just say thank you, correct, right? <laughs> well, at the end of the day, it's still got to find the right property. But yeah. I tell you, with the last, uh, you know, several years in Edmonton has not been easy. It's been limping along and limping along. And you know, we've been very, very fortunate to have so many great investor relationships across the country and, you know, even around the world to some aspect, uh, you know, uh, but, you know, I guess any time when you have multiple buyers sitting there clamoring for your product, it's, it's a great thing. Like I say, we're, we're, we're enjoying it. However, you know, we're, we're not taking our eye off the ball of, you know, being able to still procure the right stuff. Yeah. For our well, investors, right? Well, it's been 12, 13 years since that's really occurred, has it not? And I know in one of our other videos, now guys, just as an FYI, one of the reasons why I'm asking this question is on my podcast and my YouTube channel, my second most listened download podcast and second most watched YouTube video is the one that Jay and I did with Why Edmonton, Why Now Real Estate, right? So there's a lot of people inquiring and want to hear an update on this as well. So, okay, so international money is coming in and they're buying houses and they're buying houses in, in fairly large quantities too, are they not, Jay? Yeah, it's uh, not onesies and twosies. You know, you know, we're adding a zero to the backside of that and just you know, uh, getting to know these individuals and what, you know, investors are trying to do. Obviously, we've got a little bit of a long-term plan that we'll, you know, establish to be able to, you know, maneuver financing to be able to stagger properties out and to be able to attract tenants, you know, so it's just kind of a nice domino effect of things taking progress. But, uh, you know, we're seeing uh, investors coming in, you know, really uh, acquiring 20, 30 units at a time. And in some cases, you know, we're doing some larger, uh, multifamily projects that are upwards of 200 units uh, at a time. So, like I said, it's been a while since we've been in this circumstance, uh, you know, and 12, 13, 14 years, whatever it's been. But, uh, you know, we'll see where it goes. It, it, like I say, the, there's, it, it's, I almost feel unsettled yet, Russ. And why I say that is because, you know, this whole COVID thing is throwing everything for a twist. And when you, we sit here as investors and we look at, you know, uh, economists that we, you know, uh, follow every day and follow on Twitter and follow news feeds and they're forecasting the bottom to fall out. And you know what, that very well might still happen. But, you know, it's just been almost, like I said, the complete opposite that's happened in Edmonton. And when I talk with other investors from Vancouver and Toronto, I don't think the throttle has let off in those markets in the real estate market either. I can tell you, you know, quite confidently talking with these individuals, it appears that Edmonton is at a completely different end of the market cycle than a Toronto or Vancouver. And, uh, you know, I think the mainstay in Edmonton is we've got, you know, great cash flow, 
mortgage principal reduction is going to be a constant regardless of where you're buying. But it's that capital appreciation aspect, I think, is where, you know, we're really poised for a lot of upside moving forward. But uh, as I said, it seems unsettled and there's a lot to play out with that yet. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Now, now, Jay, you've been on record. Um, I think we even recorded it as well, but you've been on record of saying that in Edmonton, you believe that there's going to be a new housing shortage, a new 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 homes shortage on there because of lack of land, lack of serviceable land that's available. Um, are you still seeing that trend and are you still sticking to that story? It's probably not so much of a trend, Russ, as a reality. And it's uh, it's maybe even happening quicker than we anticipated back last fall when we were talking on a video and we said, hey, there's a land shortage coming, you know, and just talking with our builder and our land developer relationships there's going to be a, a gap and the gap is serviced land. Uh, you know, we're seeing builders have chewed through inventory at record levels over the last six months as well. Uh, you know, along with MLS uh, uh, resales as well, you know, so most builders are sitting where they're washed out of spec inventory. They don't have any standing inventory. Most of them are in, uh, you know, a pre-built environment now what's going to happen is there's only so much of that land available this year. And once that sells, there's going to be a gap uh, and understanding, I guess, the development side of, you know, when they can develop and when they're digging in the frost of when it comes out of the ground, you know, it's probably going to be late fall, you know, August, September, October before builders will get their opportunity to get more serviced land. So if you're looking at when that service land actually comes on, and then there's going to be another eight to 10 month gap probably before the house is even built. You know, there's a significant gap of probably almost 12 months uh, being able to get new homes, uh, you know, that we're, we're forecasting. Like I say, it's, it's becoming a reality where we're seeing, you know, builders now that, uh, you know, we're already to a point where we're selling into land positions that the development's not even done yet. It's a piece of dirt yet, right? So... The good news for real estate investors is, is, you know, we've still been able to lock in our prices today, you know, as the builders are tendering their prices and getting, uh, uh, you know, the, the prices for, for services and supplies, you know, in order for themselves. And, you know, we're, we're still able to lock in our contracts today and our prices today. But the, the closings really, Russ, we did some uh, last week already that was scheduled into February 2022 already uh, for completion. So yeah. it, it's happening. So, so just so I can bookend this and summarize this. So, why, Jay? Why is it important that we know that if there's going to be a shortage of new homes that come on, that you know, especially if there's the demand is strong. Let's think about this. My this is my sixth grade Saskatchewan education coming in. If demand is still strong of people buying properties and the supply is really, really low, if not, it's non-existent, right? That to me bodes well for a very, uh, for a, a market that's going to go up in price and it's going to ripple out into the resale market and it's going to, you know, it's going to lift all the boats up and the price is going to go up. When you, would you not agree to that? Well, again, Russ, it's, it's already happening. I mean, some of the discounts, uh, and you know this because you bought some stuff, in a, uh, you know, in the last year. So, I mean, we were getting some heavy discounts, you know, on some new construction and in the resale market, some, some heavy discounts, the, the stuff in the new construction market. Now we're, we're not seeing the big heavy discounts that we were, uh, you know, there has been a round of price increases based on softwood lumber prices that happened back in about August time, early September, uh, you know, so we've officially seen a price increase across the board. 
uh, you know, a moderate one. It's it's not a, a, a crazy one, but when you start getting that old supply demand in in uh, out of balance, I guess if you will, you know, at a builder developer level, I mean, it's just business one hundred and one. They're gonna, you know, most likely take advantage of that and 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 profit as they can. And uh, uh, you know, so I guess where I'm going with that is, you know, if you're interested in new construction real estate, you can still lock in your price put your deposit to work. It's a small deposit. And really, we're going to move the closing out. So you're just going to, you know, reserve your spot, I guess, for lack of better terms, right? Yeah. And for those of you in Vancouver and uh, in Toronto and places like that, you would understand what it means to potentially lock your price in today and then close on it in the future in a market that has poised to have some fundamentals that is going up. You, you know, I don't have to probably put one and one to make three here for everybody as well. So, so Jay, um, if you were just to, you know, when investors call you and talk to you, um, what would be your best summary about the Edmonton real estate market right now? Well, I think, uh, and, and people have probably heard me say this several times, I, it appears that the moons are aligning in Edmonton finally for, you know, the market appreciation aspect. As we said, cash flow is strong in Edmonton. Today, you know, our purchase prices are still low. You know, mortgage principal reduction is going to be a constant, but it looks like we're starting to trend in the right direction with capital appreciation. And the one point to that, you know, is to understand that, you know, the, the, as real estate investors, the, our, our assets appreciate that asset value, not our down payment level. So, and, you know, if we're putting $100,000 into the market and buying a $500,000 property and we see collectively 10% over a couple of years, you know, that's $50,000 in appreciation, not, you know, uh, $110,000 or $10,000 on the, on the down payment amount. So, uh, but like I say, it's, it's, that's my feeling, my gut feeling when I see the, you know, the kind of activity and the urgency that's in the market for people to get into homes or seeing our days on market drop, you know, we're seeing all the spec inventory evaporated. It's just getting to that point where it's, you know, it's, uh, you know, borderline multiple offers. And I can tell by our, sales of velocity right now, you know, people are starting to get that, uh, I don't know, panic feelings that the right or that what's the, the fear of left of being left yeah. out type thing. Uh, the it's FOMO. Kind of starting to happen fear, already. fear of missing out a little bit of FOMO. So yeah, and it's, it's happening a little bit, right? It's uh, crazy stuff. Yeah. Well, you know what? Um, stay tuned, guys. We will keep you updated on this market because that's one of the things that everybody's looking for is everybody's looking for marketplaces where their money will work harder for them than they work for their money. Okay. So, Jay, I'm going to transition the conversation here. Um, so, before you do transition the conversation, if anybody is interested in Edmonton, what's the best way for somebody to get a hold of you? Um, we'll probably put a link around wherever you're watching this video. There'll be a link to to fill out if you're interested in booking a consultation or something like that. But what's the next step in the process if they're interested in Edmonton? Well, I think we make it very easy. We've spent a lot of time and effort on our website of just giving information on there of our process and how we handle things and how we analyze things uh, and, the, and the property types that we look at. So really, that would be step one is go to our website at tryurban.com. And, uh, and just check it out. There's numerous ways, uh, Russ, as you alluded to, you probably have some sort of link in the bottom of the video where people can reach out. And, uh, you know, I've always said this, and I'll always continue to say this, it's, it's not about us. You know, each of us as individual investors, and Russ, you and I are real estate investors as well. We each have different plans. And I guess the commitment that I'll make, 
you know, to anyone is to sit and listen and see if we can help people get what they want. It's about them. And just understanding that everyone's different. You know, I know, you know, we're, we're, we're wanting the same thing, I guess, real estate wise, but where that fits in our individual lives always seems to be different. And until we understand that, you know, and then we can move forward and really make some real good recommendations with, with properties, right? Yeah. And, and you and I have a, a fun series that we may dive into here where we're calling it about, you know, it's not what, it's not what you see, it's, it's what you don't see. And we're going to go through pro formas. We're going to go through almost like a living case study of here's what you see in a pro forma. And here's what you're going to see in real life, the performance of a property. It's almost like comparing pro formas to financial statements. And guys, sometimes you can see a pro forma and you can look at the numbers and you go pro forma shop and you go, wow, this looks fantastic. And it just ain't so when you start owning it, right, Jay? So so give me some insight on, this was a concept that you and I were just chatting about this morning about uh, doing a little segment about that. It's, you know, it's not what you see, it's what you don't see. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, no, I mean, again, uh, there's been probably several of uh, people listening have heard me say this, you know, hundreds of times before. It's, and I see this, and I guess this is why it's probably important information to maybe talk about, Russ, uh, in an open forum, is we're seeing people come in and, and what I call pro forma shopping. And, you know, they're looking at a piece of paper and, uh, you know, looking at the cash flow is amazing, and they're getting, you know, and they're buying the property based on that. But, you know, I've always said this is the fun, easy part about investing and acquiring a property. And then what happens is the thing gets built, you know, or you buy it, within a couple of months, you're going to get handed a set of keys, or your property manager is. And at that point in time, if they can't rent the property because something's not quite right with it, you know, it, you know what, let's put it this way, real estate investments work best when they have a tenant paying good rent in them, right? So if you're susceptible to vacancy or repairs and maintenance after the fact of closing on the property, uh, that's going to chew into your cash flow or maybe into your seed capital even further. It's, it's, to me, it's not a good plan. It's not something that I would... Uh, you know, move forward with. And I guess, you know, at the end of the day, this is, you know, as you allude to what you can see or what you can't see, you know, what we can see on the pro forma should be step one. That's screen number one, making sure the numbers should work. And then we kind of need to take it over to the property and the location and focus on the tenant profile, our customer, who's going to be paying us rent every month and try and align those dots, you know, so again, two, three, four, five, six years down the road, your financial statements reflect success. Because once you close on it, Russ, that pro forma, you know what you can probably do with that thing, right? <laughs> Run it through the shredder. You know, it's, it, it's really a, a, it's a projection. Now that's where the rubber hits the road and we need to make this a reality. And that's where my brain goes to say, okay, let's focus on the long-term viability and how our investor's financial statement is going to reflect over their term of ownership. Yeah. And that's where the difference is, right? Well, and and you this is the story you hear most often is that oh, I got I looked at the pro forma, the numbers look good and then all of a sudden after I've closed on it, my property manager who was trying to rent it, my rental agent was trying to rent it. They couldn't even they're going, "What are you smoking? There's no way you're ever going to get that kind of rent." For it. And but but you have an experience of the opposite thing, Jay. You've had, and you were just sharing with me, and I don't know how many clients it was, but it's probably been the last four clients that they've actually had the opposite experience. So share that with everybody here as well. Well, uh, I won't say last name, but Ian, if you're watching, you would be a live example of this where you know his properties just got rented. He just purchased a a, a new grad suite property, and what we had on a pro forma 
and actually what the property manager with the management team got him was you know literally hundreds of dollars more than what we said and at the end of the day that's great i haven't had anyone yet russ that's got mad at me for getting extra cash flow right but at the end of the day the picture i want to build is the worst case scenario and let's fly into the deals with our eyes wide open and let's build that worst case scenario because if people are comfortable with that chances are based on our track record you're going to get more than what is projected up front and that's always a good thing that's you know where we want to be and those numbers my friend are the ones that are going to reflect on a financial statement moving forward yeah right? absolutely and and that's for good that's good for business when the client closes on the property and they actually will get more revenue than what the pro forma said. And, and guys, I hear it all the time and I get, I don't know how many times I have consultations with people that the comments come back is just, yeah, I just couldn't rent it for what I thought I could get for it and yada, 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 all that kind of fun stuff. But the good news is here is, and, and it's a market, it's a function of the market in Edmonton that the rents are going up. And it's also a function of you putting some conservative estimates and worst case scenarios in the pro formas you send out to people. So, so guys, stay tuned. There's going to be a whole segment where we're going to talk about um, pro forma shopping, if you will. Here's here's what you see and here's what you don't see. And I think that will be, I'm, I'm looking forward to that segment because here's what you got. You got two people with 40 years of real estate investing experience, hundreds of properties, millions of dollars of transactions, which is going to share with you what they see on the ownership side of properties. Okay. Transitioning here, a conversation, Jay, I do want to get into one education piece here that um, you're famous for. And I learned this one from you. And it was no, you know, I give you 100% credit. And sometimes when I do share it, I don't know if I give you credit every time for it. But the first time I ever heard this was from you. You talk about okay. your th your three pillars of real estate investing. Can you share that? Can you share that uh, theory and share that concept with everybody here watching today? Wow. Okay. That's. Uh, and Jay, we're gonna your... we're gonna try to keep it under. We'll keep it under fifteen minutes. But here's the cool thing: is if we need to expand on it, which I honestly think this could be an entire weekend workshop. It really could yeah. be is it could be a weekend workshop on these three pillars that Jay is going to talk about. But what we're going to do here today is we'll just share the framework with everybody. Yeah. I, so let me give you the highlights on that, Russ. And and thank you for the opportunity to share that because I have this conversation so many times with people, and it's it's maybe just again a, a different look at it, maybe more of a long term look. As I've always said in this, uh, you know, when people are acquiring real estate, it's the fun, easy part. And then it rolls into, you know, management 101 and, and long-term ownership, uh, you know, and if we can mitigate, you know, the, the issues, I guess, and the potential issues and cash injections down the road on day one, you know, that's what we want to do. So the, the three pillars are, are quite simple and uh, it's, it's what you buy, it's where you buy it and who you put in it. And, you know, we, our focus for us, when we talk with a customer is obviously understanding you know, where their financial goals are. But when we start zeroing in on a property, we really focus on that third aspect first of who we're putting in it. Because that's our long-term customer that we're focusing on. And what we want to do is we want to you know, understand who we're going to put in it. And we under, want to understand what's their budget, what's their profile, what's their dynamic, right? Uh, where are they working? Uh, you know, what do they want to live in? How big? You know, what types of appliances do they like? And once we understand that, we can go and, you know, select an area and build a home 
that will attract that specific tenant profile. Because yeah. I see it time and time and time again, people again, pro forma shop, I'm going to keep using that word. And then all of a sudden what happens is, you know, that tenant leaves and then they try and attract another one. And, you know, it's not the person or the customer that they maybe actually wanted to do long-term business with. And I think what we need to understand is as, as owners, uh, you know, our tenants are, are our best employees, man. They're taking care of uh, a very important asset for us there and they're paying us to do it. You know, so would it not be a little bit of a wise thought to maybe pause at this stage and just say, okay, who do we actually want to have a relationship with long term and connect the dots from beginning to end so we consistently and repeatedly can attract the same result? Yeah. Instead I'm, of trying I'm, to jam a square peg in a round hole, right? I, yeah, I 100% agree. I'm, I'm continually amazed when I have conversations with people about, and I'll ask them a question is, who's your tenant? Like, who's your ideal tenant? What tenant profile are you looking to put in? And most people will never, ever give that consideration to what their tenant profile is. As a matter of fact, in your model of the three pillars here, Jay, you actually state that it starts with the tenant profile. And then once you understand who your tenant is, you know, right down to, let's use an example. Um, your properties that you buy personally, Jay. Do you know your tenant profile? Tell me about the profile of the tenants that you 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 rent to. One hundred and ten percent. So I buy single family homes with no basement suites, and my tenant profile is a mom, dad, a small child, maybe two. Right, dad works in the service industry, makes a hundred uh, around a hundred thousand dollars a year. Mom is typically a stay at home mom. Uh, you know, she drives a two-year-old SUV that sits in the garage. Dad drives a, a Ford F-150 or a three-quarter ton diesel that sits outside. And I know these people can afford in between $1,800 and $2,200 a month rent. And I know these people tried to buy a house and maybe can't buy a house because they don't have the 5% down payment or a family member to, to lend it to them. But more commonly than not, these people can't buy a house because their consumer debt situation. So maybe that two-year-old SUV sitting in the driveway, the $648 payment on it that's for 42 more months is putting their debt coverage ratio outside so they can't buy. So these people typically stay with us three to five years at a time. And when they leave, they're typically going into home ownership. You know, we're that last stop gap between them and home ownership. You want me to continue on? Because I got more about them. You know, but anyway, uh, this is where you need to understand uh, our customer. And then when we build a property, Russ, and we know, I know the mums in our properties, they absolutely want a double door refrigerator with an ice uh, dispenser and water dispenser. You know, uh, this is the stuff that they like. So what? who am I to tell them any different? It's not what I want. I'm not going to be living there. Yeah. It's their home, right? Wow. Time, time out, guys. Uh do, do you guys sense how clear Jason is on who his tenant profile is? And then you, the next step, so that's a perfect example of how the three pillars, what you buy, where you buy, and who you put in it, meaning who you rent to. So you actually determine the tenant profile first, and then now you've already started transitioning into the type of property that's going to fit what the tenant profile is, and then you pick the area that fits all that, and you actually have a perfect customer in the right asset, in the right neighborhood. Would that be a good way of summarizing it? Yes. And time after time after time, when that tenant leaves, when you light the marketing back up, guess who you attract again? You know, it's just, it's, 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 you're attracting the perfect customer that you want living in your property. 
And there's so much more to that exact tenant profile of why we've chose that, you know, with, uh, you know, over the course of a term of ownership of, of 10, 15 years of dealing with people like that. But they're, they're just stable. To us, they seem stable. They, they, they pay their rent if they haven't trouble with it. They're on the phone and, you know, almost in tears that they're behind. And, you know, it's, uh, they, they take care of their homes. Typically, when these people leave, it looks like just, you know, it looks good when they leave, you know. Yeah. So it's, well, it's, when you, it's running a very efficient model for us, right? Yeah, it's treating us like a business, guys. Most people, like I said, don't think about the customer. The customer is your tenant. That tenant is going to be paying you upwards of $25,000 a year or more. Um, so you better know who they are. You better know how to treat them well. You better do that. And I know when we walked through some of your properties, it was one of the rare, 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 rare exceptions. We went through in your properties when you were having a turnover. And it literally was on a weekend. We had like a day to go through it. And that property looked brand new, and it was five years. You told me they, the last tenant had lived there five years, right? Do you, is that an is that typical for you? No, and that was uh, that was in a half duplex model, Russ, yeah. if I remember correctly. And 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 truth be told, the other half of that unit we bought that in 2013, I believe. We still have the original tenant in that side, uh, but yeah, it's it's again, it's that family tenant profile, and uh, you know. Uh, we don't get as much cash flow every month for us in a, in a, in a, in a property where we only have one tenant. We don't have secondary suites, but you know, we run a business still and we're, we're busy people and you know, uh, we needed it easy. This is a longer term play and plan for us. And this thing just needed to float off to the side kind of on its own in a very low stress, consistent performing environment. And that's exactly what we've created with it. Yeah. And you know, I, I envision like Jay, I'm not, I wasn't joking when I said this could be a weekend event where we teach people the three pillars of real estate, starting with, and the first module is really understand thy customer. And then you build from there. And then there's a whole bunch of modules that, you know, as a matter of fact, guys, if you are watching this or you're listening to this, hold me accountable to putting that on, whether it's you know, post-COVID, we can do it live or whether we do it maybe over um, a live broadcast model. But I, I want to put this together. Are, are you are you up for putting some training materials together, Jay? Uh, it's just information, Russ. Like yeah. I say, you know, I, I'm more than willing to share it. It's it's what the people on the other end of the, the speaker, whether they're listening to this or watching this video, it's what they do with it, right? And honestly, I hope I can help people uh, succeed. I mean, we've seen a lot of people not succeed in real estate and it's, real estate's not for everyone. Let's face it. But yeah. if we can share those experiences and maybe save some hard lumps of some new investors or other people that are getting into it, I think it's just the the right thing to do. <laughs> right? Yep, absolutely. Now, I, I'm going to open up a, another question here for you as well, Jay. And this is something that you and I have conversations about all the time. And these are the consultations that we have with investors. We have consultations, Jason and I, truly almost some days, I don't know how we can fit them all in. And at this time, all these consultations are still free. Um, there's no obligation to any of them. We're trying to pass on some information and share what we know to find out if it's a fit for you. So wherever you're watching this video or listening to a podcast, by all means, if you're interested in having this conversation to see if it's a fit, let one of us know by filling out the little form that you will when you click on the link. All right. Um, one more piece of content that I want to share and want you to teach here is when you own a piece of real estate, um, you call it the three biggest variables, the three biggest costs of owning a piece of real estate. 
Um, share with everybody what those three biggest costs are and how can we as rental housing providers um, start softening those costs, lowering those costs and having a better ownership experience? Okay, great question. Um, you're hitting me off the cuff with these today. So, you know, it, it kind of, I'll circle back to where, you know, the, the, the term pro forma shopping again, and it's not what you can see, maybe what you can't see. And over the long-term ownership of a real estate portfolio, the three big variables that can really chew into your cash flow and your seed capital are your vacancy costs, your repairs and maintenance costs, and your management costs. When we look at any pro forma, these are the three big variables that have a big question mark over them all the time. Our mortgage rates are typically fixed. Our insurance is typically fixed. You know, those are... Those are easy. Uh, they come in, 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 in renewable terms, but you know uh, the vacancy, the repairs and maintenance, and again the management costs are something that you know can run out of control if not tended to, you know, upfront. Now the good news is at time of purchase is when we can really have a look and mitigate, if not outright eliminate, a lot of the you know associated variables that will affect those big three. You know, and just really, you know, repairs and maintenance, for example, we're looking at new construction product for the most part or fully renovated product, you know, that is not going to need a roof or it's not going to need a furnace. Uh, So basic and it's under warranty, you know, so for the first 10, 15 years of you owning this thing, if you're going to own it that long, there should be almost zero repairs and maintenance at a, at a, at a high level. Uh, you know, there's going to be some tenant turnover stuff we're going to have to tend to, but you know, the big ticket items are going to be tended to They're They're under warranty. They're taken care of the, the vacancy kind of circles back to, I guess the three pillars of just really, uh, you know, understanding what our customer wants Russ, and, and finding it and building it for them. And, you know, by doing that, we just inherently reduce our vacancy costs because, you know, when we bring it to market, it's exactly what this tenant profile wants. We can easily rent it. And then when there's a turnover, you know, we know exactly who we're renting it to and getting it back, uh, you know, at full occupancy. You know, of course, the, the management cost with that, we need to understand, I guess, and, you know, it hats off to all the property managers out there because they really you know, do a, a bang up job, but at the end of the day, it's a business. So every time a property manager, you know, turns a wheel effectively, it's, it's going to cost you money. They charge, you know, typically a percentage of the, of the rental income, but if, if there were is repairs that they have to tend to, you know, and, and manage it's, it's time. Of course you have to pay them for it. Rightly so, you know, and same with tenant turnover. Every time a tenant leaves Russ, it costs us money. So just for example, I'm going to throw it out there. I'm going to say it's going to cost us two grand at least for any suite turnover because we're going to have to go in. We're going to have to tidy it up. You know, we might have to paint some things. We might have to repair it. You know, we're going to have to remarket it. We're going to have to re-screen tenants. We're going to have to re-show it, you know, and you, worst of all, you might have to sit on a vacant suite for a month or two. So if we're making a property and buying the wrong property, uh, but let's just say this property on the pro forma makes $500 a month cash flow. Okay, great. That's $6,000 a year. But if you have two tenant turnovers and one suite up and one suite down, you know, and that could cost you $4,000, well, at the end of the year, your $6,000 cash flow is now only $2,000. Plus, you had all the headache of dealing with that and the time of dealing with that. Now, where that really, I guess, can affect long-term viability in our, in our financial statements 
Russ, you and I have often said we can pay for a property inside 15 years. And I still believe that today. I'm a living, breathing example of that. However, in order to utilize that strategy, you need to take your cumulative cash flow that we make on a monthly, yearly basis, and we need to put that down towards mortgage principal reduction. So if we're taking our $6,000 that we can lump down on our mortgage, but we've just, you know, had to incur two tenant turnovers that cost us four grand and say some repairs and maintenance that cost us another thousand bucks, you got a thousand dollars left over, you know? So it, it's just, it, it's, it's not a, to me, it's not a great long-term strategy, but again, the good news is, is, you know what? I am going to have a look at that stuff right now and we're going to pause and we're going to, you know, when you're coming to purchase something, this is the stuff we're going to look at the pro forma at step number one. And then we're going to look at all this other stuff we can't see, you know, stuff that would uh, cause a tenant to leave, you know, like uh, maybe a shared laundry or maybe no parking, or maybe there's no good soundproofing. Maybe there's not a separate entrance. We just want to make sure everything is in line for when our tenant comes, they're going to have a beautiful stay. They're going to enjoy it. And most importantly, they're going to continue paying his rent. Yeah. That's going to reflect on our financial statements. Yeah, and, right. and that's one of the things, and I know you do this because I'm a client of yours, and I see you doing this with clients all the time. You literally, when you're going and selecting a property for a person, you go there and you are you put yourself in the tenant's shoes. This tenant here by, you know, look, if what you need to do is, it's we got this corner lot, perfect, that's what we want, because you got all this parking on the side, you got three pads in the back, you got all this parking in the front, but here's what's going to happen. The door out the side, the tenant's going to walk across the lawn over here, and you're going to actually probably have more expenses because the, the grass is going to die, because this is where the tenant's going to park, closest to the door, going to walk across here. What I would recommend you do is you put a cement pathway here or you put something here just to because you really just truly think about it from the tenant's perspective and all those things just add up to saving the owner's money the better tenant experience the less turnover the less vacancy the less maintenance and the less management issues you will have that being a case jay oh absolutely yeah and not only the tenant perspective russ it's from a, an owner perspective too because you know looking at this stuff that i uh, have to deal with you know on a monthly yearly uh, scale uh, just exactly that of where the tenants are walking for example uh, you know and where the wear and tear is happening on these properties over the over the course of a 10-year term of ownership but you're right if we can solidify that stuff and take care of that stuff right up front it's going to make for a more efficient investment and you know what again i'm going to circle back if you're not spending money on vacancy, you're not spending money on repairs and maintenance, and you can really reduce your management costs, you know, you're going to be able to chunk cumulative cash flow on your mortgage. Or, you know what, take that money as seed capital and invest further if you're still in acquisition mode. But at the end of the day, that money is best utilized in other avenues, like mortgage principal reduction or, or, or further acquisitions. Investors, yeah. Russ, we're talking about financial statements, and, and this is something that's probably very true across the board is, I don't know of too many investors that count extra capital that they put into their uh, investment after the fact into their long-term ROI. So for example, if you have to put a furnace in it and you don't have enough cash flow, so you got to take $5,000 out of your own bank account to put in there, well, that five grand that you just put in there actually inherently just reduced your ROI long-term. But no one ever counts that, right? You should be able to buy, and again, I'm a living, breathing example of this, you should be able to put 20% down and you should be able to walk away from that property. It should supply you cash flow and support itself 
from day one moving forward. You should never have to put money into that investment further. And 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 we can do this right, but we just need to, like I say, get out, get our eyes off the pro formers and saying yes at pro forma stage. That's step number one. Okay, let's look at a pro forma. And then now we kind of need to take that next step and and you know tie it together in a nice big red ribbon. Yeah. <laughs> right. And, and Jay, make it easy for you're you're putting a giant smile on my face from a standpoint of 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 one thing. It's like you're almost like the good reverend up there sitting there from the pulpit, <laughs> preaching from the pulpit. Here's the Bible uh-huh. and fire and brimstone. <laughs> <laughs> Good old, uh, you're, you're the you're the Reverend Joel Olstein preaching from yeah. the Crystal Cathedral. No, no, he's not the Crystal. What's his Lakewood Lakewood Church, right? <laughs> Lakewood, yeah. You know what, Russ? I'll chalk it up. Maybe similar to Joel Osteen. Uh, it's passion, my friend. Yeah. It's you know, I'm in this. I live it and breathe this every day. And I see people coming and going and making mistakes. And you know, it's mistakes that they could have avoided, but. You know, we all understand the end goal of what we're trying to accomplish with real estate. Yeah, get it loud and clear. But please, let's just pay attention at acquisition time and just make sure when you or your property manager gets handed a set of keys in a couple months down the road, that the that the fun and the success is going to continue. Because that's kind of where the rubber hits the road, you know, and, and will really determine, again, your long-term success on your financial statements. They don't yeah. lie, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> right? Wow. Jay, I, I've I've said this once and I will say it again. And guys, you're probably, if you've been following along, you've heard every episode or whatever, this truly Jason Mattern is one of the best kept secrets in Canadian real estate education out there. And Jay, I think you're I think you're doing yourself a disservice by only being in Edmonton. Maybe we need to have some plans to grow across the country, Jay. <laughs> hint, hint, hey, hint, hint. Uh, guys, I, I'm doing some tongue in cheek here because Jay and I have been having some wonderful. We're recording this early 2021, and we've been having some wonderful conversations about some, you know, some bigger goals and some bigger aspirations, and and you know, you know, growing, right? So I'm doing that tongue in cheek, and I'm I'm also putting a little, if you will, a little tease out there. Is you know, guys, we're just getting started. Um, you know, I'm tired of playing small. I, I really am. It's time it's time to step up. It's time to start. Um, I, I've been given these gifts and I've been given these relationships and I've been given these things, you know, I've been given so many blessings that when you've been given so many blessings, you need to be a blessing to others. And what I'm here to do is I'm here to share these wonderful resources like Jason Mattern to the world. And we're just getting going. We have more resources than coming up, don't we, Jay? So final word to you, my brother here today, what would you want to leave everybody with? Uh, you know what? I think I'm just, uh, again, I'm, I'm one of you guys, I'm a real estate investor too. And what I'll say is, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just willing to share. And I, I guess, you know, uh, I'm willing to open up the phone line for, you know, a 30 minute conversation. And if all that results of that is a, is a great friendship, you know what? I'm okay with that too. Uh, I had a conversation with a gal this morning and, uh, yeah, you know, it was about selling the property and I just, you know, recommended that not that I'm trying to talk myself out of a listing, but you know, I think she should hold on for a couple more years. It's, 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 it's not quite time yet. Right. But I've always said this and I'll say it again. It's not about me. It's about what you guys want and, and you guys being other investors and, 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 and people looking to invest in the Edmonton real estate market. I'm just really a, a guy that's created a business model, uh, you know, that can help you get what you want easily and safely. And, uh, and that's what it's all about, uh, just helping other people get what they want, right? Yep. 
can't can't say it any better myself. So so guys, yeah. um, Jay and I have made a commitment that we're going to do uh, monthly recordings when we're going to put this stuff together, and we'll just get it out to you. You know what? We were overthinking it. We had so many. We let's put it this way: we have an, an entire Asana board uh, of just ideas of things, and we have all these wonderful ideas sitting on this digital platform. And you know what? We just said, we, Russ, Jay, let's just get out and let's just start recording this stuff and let's just start distributing the message because more people need to hear this. There's an entire generation of brand new real estate investors that needs to hear this kind of wisdom out there and not somebody who's you know only got five years, no, nothing against somebody who has five years experience and is just crushing it. Nothing against you. Um, but Sometimes you need to have the experience of people that have been in it 20 years, 30 years, 40 years in the business. And that's where you truly get the full picture about what's going on. All right. So with all that being said, guys, uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you hit like buttons, whatever, wherever you're consuming this information. Leave reviews, subscribe, follow along. We are only just getting warmed up. Okay, guys, have a great day. Bye for now. What did you think? So, guys, uh, maybe I'm just going to recircle back to the original, um, to the opening here as well. So, did you kind of see what I was doing on the way I, the conversation? So, so first of all, the conversation flowed perfectly as a one long-form podcast. It's also a one long-form YouTube video. So, I highly encourage you guys to go check out my YouTube channel and subscribe there because I do post content on there all the time and it's unique content at the same time. So I strongly encourage you to go check out that and subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. But could you, as remember in the opening, how I said I strategically set this up to turn into one long form episode plus three additional um, smaller segments out of them, each of them about seven to 15 minutes. Okay. So I hope you saw how we were doing that. And I hope you saw how we did that, you know, and make sure you go to the YouTube channel to check out how we built in the cuts and built in the lower thirds and built in the title graphics and built all those things. Those were done in real time. Those were done while we were talking. Those were done while we were recording. So I don't have to go back and the team and my editors and the team of all the people doing does not have to do any um, post-processing on the video. Just a little bit of cleanup on the audio and then truly after an hour after that video was done um, three to four videos could be done and uploaded to YouTube as well so hope you guys got the picture of that and then um, before we do sign off is uh, are you guys interested in some of the things that Jay and Dine talked about we did a market update on Edmonton and I think you know what it, I think Jay used the words that the moons were aligning the moons were aligning in Edmonton for a really good opportunity so if you guys are interested in taking a tour or taking a look at some of the Edmonton opportunities out there I know I sound like I'm a big giant cheerleader for Edmonton but I am I truly am I think that there is some incredible opportunities there and it would I'd be doing everyone um, a disservice if I was not um, trying to share the word and start to share some of the opportunities available because I think it is going to be a, an up-and-coming marketplace and it's one of those things that only truly only only time will tell but the beautiful thing is you can afford to have the luxury of waiting for the market because you're getting some really good assets at good prices and you're getting some good cash flows. Now, I think that window is open 
at the moment. I don't know when if it will start closing again, but you know, just keep paying attention, keep um, on my channel, keep subscribing to the podcast, keep subscribing to my YouTube, and you'll get the first to know because I will tell you very clearly if it is the time that the window is closing. Um, but the beautiful thing is the real estate markets take a long time. They're slow moving. They're like, I, I would almost call them glaciers in some respects. Okay. So hope you guys got a lot of tremendous value from that. And if you did, which I know you did, because you get a behind the scenes, you get some in-depth, plus you also get four podcast episodes in one with a whole bunch of training materials. And you get that all within this podcast, all for no cost, right? So how about that for some value for you? So what I do and the fee I only ask is that if you get a chance, please leave a review, please leave some feedback, and most importantly, just share it. Share it with somebody that's maybe looking for some good quality information. Share it with somebody who just needs to get help on their journey as a real estate investor. And you don't even have to educate the person. So sometimes maybe for some of you veterans and maybe you're listening to this, you know what it's like sometimes when somebody's brand new and they just ask a question after question after question, you just say, you know what you should do? I would highly encourage you to do is just go check out Russell Westcott's podcast. He has an incredible amount of depth and resources. And I think there's like 60 some episodes or more. There's even an entire five part series where he shares with you how to build a plan, the obstacles you'll face, how to bust through all those obstacles and also how to raise the capital. It's all for free there. I, I encourage you to go do that. Why don't you check out all those podcasts and all those videos. And then after you've done that, come back to me. I'm talking to you if you're a veteran and you're having a conversation with a rookie. Come back to me and tell me about all the action you're going to take from there. And then we'll take the next step forward. Okay, hope that helps, guys. Remember, you know how we end these things. Always, 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 in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and always come from a place of love. Bye for now, everyone. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott Podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends, and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources, and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now. Bye for now.